Time is a precious thing. Never waste it. Why don't you donate five dollars to the cause and maybe it'll make you feel better. Words and ideas can change the world. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today it's our last episode of the year. It's the last episode of Season 4. And it wouldn't be a season-ending, year-ending episode if I didn't say, we're in that weird gap between Christmas and New Year's. I was listening back to my previous year-end episodes, and I think I say that at least six times every episode. So let's make that the only time I say it this episode, but here we are. I'm recording this then. You just heard. Then. That's when we're recording it. Alright, I can't help myself. It's a weird gap. Nothing gets done. Nobody wants to do anything. Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to go places. Nobody wants to shop. Okay, I shouldn't say nobody. There's a whole bunch of sales-seeking people out there. They want to get the 50% off, 75% off Christmas stuff. And yes, my dad was one of those. And I've talked about that in the past. We did a lot of shopping that day after Christmas. Oh yeah, I do remember. He'd invite me. You know, that dad invite. We're leaving at 8 in the morning. Be ready. Okay, dad. I'd get that dad invite to go shopping, and so I went shopping. And of course, we'd leave at 8 in the morning, and we'd be at Rickle by 8.30. They'd always have that post-Christmas, get the doors open and get the Christmas stuff out sale going on. You'd get four boxes of tinsel for a dollar. All the Christmas lights would be 50% off. Get a couple of boxes of glass ornaments, because you're always breaking them. And the rolls of wrapping paper. Oh, yeah. Want to get those rolls of wrapping paper. That's why I still have rolls of wrapping paper from my parents all these years later. But aside from that, nobody wants to do anything. No work really gets done between Christmas and New Year's. There's no school. A lot of businesses just close down. Retail stores and restaurants, they're the exception. But a lot of businesses close or work on skeleton staffs or people take vacation. Nobody wants to work this period of time. We're all busy sleeping and recovering from all the food and drink we had on Christmas. And we're gearing up to do it again on New Year's. That's what this week is for. In previous years, I've gone over my family traditions. I mean, there's not much more to say than I've already said about New Year's. Long-time listeners know my family tradition is Chinese food, movies, and games. That's it. It never matters how many people we have. We have countless containers of Chinese food on the table. We just spread it out and we just go to town. And dating back to my childhood, we played games on New Year's Eve. That was it. Password, Risk, Monopoly. We worked them all in. And then, of course, movies. We would rent movies. And that's because my parents didn't go anywhere. My parents didn't go out. And my dad drilled it into my head from an early age. You don't want to go out on the road on New Year's Eve. All the drunks are out. Now, there's a lot of people who don't care. My parents cared. And so, I care. Now, I've been out on New Year's Eve. I think I went out one time. As a young adult, I have a vague recollection of actually going out somewhere on New Year's Eve. But it was so unmemorable, I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember any detail about it. I'm not even sure who I went with. And it may have just been a dream. I just don't remember. The thing I remember most about New Year's Eve is the family being together and playing games. I remember sitting at the dining room table with my mother. My brother and sister were there. My dad was in the other room watching whatever he was watching. Dad didn't do games. But mom always loved the games. I remember one New Year's Eve, I was trying to teach my mom how to play Dungeons and Dragons. We had a long philosophical discussion that night about whether there's really good and evil. Well... I don't think men are really evil unless they don't listen to God. All right, Mom. Yeah, I I get that, but we're we're not in church. We're playing a game, Mom. Well, I'm not sure if I can get into this game. 
Mom, you don't have to get into the game. You don't have to accept this as true. This is a game. I'm not sure I understand this game at all. Can we play Password? Yeah, we only tried that once on New Year's Eve. We can find ourselves to board games after that. So yeah, that was New Year's Eve in my family. And New Year's Day, it was parades. We would watch the parades. Now, I remember when I was a kid, there was the Sugar Bowl Parade. I seem to recall that that was New Year's Eve night. And then there was the Orange Bowl Parade, which was in Miami on New Year's Day. And then the Tournament of Roses Parade, which was in California. So you could watch parades all morning. I don't know if they still do the Sugar Bowl Parade and the Orange Bowl Parade, but I do know they do the Tournament of Roses Parade, and Mrs. Gabriel and I still watch that. Last year, the year of the pandemic when they canceled it, we were heartbroken. We missed our parade. Right now, as I record this, it's still scheduled to go forward. I'm hopeful that it does. But that's it. That's our New Year's tradition. I've talked about resolutions in the past. We don't make resolutions. If you look back to a couple of years ago, I did an episode on resolutions. I've just never been a big fan of resolutions. If you're going to change things in your life, just change things in your life. You don't have to do it on January 1st. So we didn't do resolutions. We didn't do a lot of drinking. When I was a kid, we didn't do any drinking. We didn't have alcohol in my parents' house. So alcohol was never a part of New Year's for me growing up. As a young adult, I had some alcohol, but New Year's was never about alcohol or recovering from hangovers. It was just New Year's Day. We watched parades and ate leftovers. That was it. So in putting together today's episode, I actually looked up some of the traditions and some of the superstitions and some of the foods that people do associate with New Year's because I know New Year's has been around, well, forever, or so I thought. I mean, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day celebrations have changed over the years, and it's really only been the last couple of hundred years that New Year's Day celebrations are a thing. I mean, they've always had winter festivals, whether they're associated with the end of the harvest, the beginning of the winter. But if you look back thousands of years, the calendars were all messed up. England and Italy, China and Russia, they all had different calendars and nobody synced up their calendars. So there wasn't really a January 1st that everybody recognized as the beginning of the new year for literally thousands of years. So a lot of the stuff that we do is kind of cobbled together from all of the festivals that have existed for centuries. And it all depends on your culture, your religious beliefs. Oh yeah, it's been a fact of human existence that religion and politics affect everything, including celebrating New Year's. I mean, just to give you a little frame of reference, and again, not a whole history lesson, but it wasn't until 1572, yeah, 1572, 1500 years after the birth of Christ. That's when Pope Gregory introduced the Gregorian calendar to establish more consistency around Easter, and that's when he adapted January 1st as New Year's Day. Now, of course, Catholic countries adopted the Gregorian calendar, but Britain, which was Protestant, resisted adopting the Gregorian calendar for 200 years. They didn't want anything to do with the Catholic calendar. We're not accepting January 1st as New Year's Day. We're not going to do it. They finally adopted the Gregorian calendar in 1752, almost 200 years later, and they did it for trading purposes. So let's see, politics, religion, and commerce. That all affected when everybody decided to recognize January 1st as the beginning of the new year. Now I know, that's like 270 years ago. In one respect, that seems like a long time ago. But in other respects, I mean, 270 years is like a drop in the bucket over the span of human existence. That's why I say it's not that long ago. I know the way our minds work these days, 20 years is a long time ago. But in the big scheme of things, 270 years, it's a blink of an eye. I got to looking into New Year's celebrations, and of course there were festivals and there were bonfires and feasts all throughout history at around this time of year. A lot of the Christmas feasts overlapped with New Year's feasts. 
But there did develop some traditions. There were traditional foods that were thought to be lucky foods or foods you should eat or foods that you shouldn't eat on New Year's. You wanted to eat certain foods so you'd have a lucky or a good or a prosperous New Year. And you wanted to avoid certain foods because you would have a bad or a less than prosperous New Year. For instance, I found out you want to eat green peas because they signify money. And if you eat green peas on New Year's, that will signify that you're bound to bring in wealth during the coming year. You wanted to eat lentils. They were also considered good luck because they're yellow and that signifies gold and that means money. For some reason, pigs in the southern U.S. also considered lucky. You wanted to eat pork on New Year's Eve to get good luck. You were supposed to serve pork with rice because when you serve it with rice, that signifies abundance because rice expands, opens up, gets bigger as you cook it. And in some cases, they would cook the rice and the pork with a shiny coin in the pot. And then if you happen to get served the shiny coin with your meal, you would be considered extra lucky. So your new year would be extra lucky for you. Things you wanted to avoid on New Year's Day? You didn't want to eat crab. You didn't want to eat lobster. Here's the reason. They move sideways. Since they skitter sideways, they're bad luck. So you avoid crab and lobster on New Year's Day. Same thing with chicken and turkey. Not that they move sideways, but because they dig in a backwards motion, they kick dirt behind them as they're digging for food, that also signifies bad luck, or at least a lack of prosperity, because you're looking backwards, not forwards. Don't ask me, I'm just reporting this stuff. This is the stuff that people believe. I think one of my favorite superstitions is the Spanish superstition of 12 grapes. I don't know if you've heard about this. I'm not going to try to pronounce the Spanish phrase for you. I'll butcher it. So we're just going to call it the 12 lucky grapes. But what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to have 12 grapes. You're supposed to hold them in your hand until midnight on New Year's Eve. At the stroke of midnight, you're supposed to eat one grape for every toll of the bell. Because remember, back in the day, they would ring a bell at midnight and you get 12 strokes of the bell. So you're supposed to eat a grape with every toll of the bell. If you do that, you're going to have a prosperous New Year. If you don't get the grapes done, then you've got problems. Now, the significance of the grapes is that each grape represents a month. That's why you have 12. And as long as you get all 12 down, you'll be fine. Now, we don't toll bells anymore. I'm not sure how you would pull off the 12 grapes in this day and age. Maybe there's an app for your phone. You can get 12 bells tolling at midnight on New Year's Eve. That's how you can time out your grapes. I'm sure that's doable, right? 12 grapes every stroke of the bell. I haven't actually tried that. Now I've got something to try this year. I should really make a point of writing this stuff down and then trying it over the course of the next few years. All right, 2022 ate pork and rice. 2022 was a good year. 2023 had lobster for dinner. 2023, bad year. But the lobster was delicious. That's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start keeping a journal. It's funny. I've talked about journals in the past. I love the idea of journaling. That's one of the things that I do with this podcast. It's my verbal journal of the stories of my life and the stories of what's going through my head these days. I love the idea of that, and here's one of the reasons why. As I was preparing this week's episode, I came across an excerpt from a journal from 1830. A gentleman named James Stewart was visiting New York from Scotland, and he was keeping a journal of his travels. So he has an entry from January 1st, 1830, and I wanted to read it to you. It gives you kind of an insight into what the world looked like back in 1830, and to me, this kind of thing is fascinating. So here's the entry. New Year's Day, 1830, took place while we were at Hoboken. It was a fine, clear day. We therefore passed over to Long Island, to the Brooklyn Heights, to see the packets for England and other ports, which depart on the first day of each month, making sail in the bay. I never witnessed a more animated scene. On our return through New York, we were surprised to observe the streets more crowded than at any former period, 
and afterwards found that it was usual for people of all descriptions to call at each other's houses, were it but for a moment on the first day of the year. Cold meat, cake, confectionery, and wines are laid out upon a table that all who call may partake, and it seems a general understanding that such are one's friends who do not call upon him on the first day of the year are not very anxious to continue this acquaintance. There must be limitations to the rule, but I never could get them well explained. There is no doubt that the practice, as I have stated it, is very general. Now to me, that's a fascinating little glimpse into what life was like in 1830. First of all, people bustling about on New Year's Day? That doesn't happen. I mean, sometimes it does. But going out and making social calls and visiting the neighbors and stopping by for a sandwich or a piece of cake or candy, a glass of wine or whatever? That was what they did. That was apparently a fairly common practice. I mean, you're riding through New York, and again, 1830, so they're in a horse and buggy. So you're riding along the streets and you see people going door to door and visiting with folks. And what do you do? Just pop into somebody's house and grab a sandwich and a beer? I mean, how did that work? Did you sign a guest book? And how much food did you have to lay out for this thing? That whole thing fascinates me. I love historical looks at things like that because it makes me think of what life must have been like and how different it was. I mean, 1830, that's almost 200 years ago. And our traditions are very, very different over the course of two centuries. I mean, it sounds like basically everybody was having an open house on January 1st, back in 1830. I mean, back then people were a little different. You knew your neighbors, you knew your friends. People were a little more open, it seems. And it sounds like everybody in the neighborhood had an open house on New Year's Day. I guess it's kind of a neat idea. Except, you know, for me, being relatively introverted and relatively antisocial, I'm not sure how well I would have done under those circumstances. I mean, I guess I would have played along, but it was a different world back then. And I find it fascinating to read about that stuff. While preparing for today's episode, I was doing my usual research, and I came across a couple of writings that I wanted to share with you. I'm not sure if you'd consider them prayers. I don't know if you want to call them words of wisdom. I'm not sure how best to characterize them. But I do know that these are just a couple of the things that I came across that show to me that people throughout the centuries have always kind of looked at the new year as a opening of a new book, a new chapter, a chance to do new things. And it's also an opportunity to reflect on what's come before. Now, these are just two of the things that I've come across, but I like these two this year and I wanted to share them with you. This first one I want to share with you is written by John Quincy Adams. Yes, the president. He wrote this back in 1810 after he'd been named Minister to Russia, the first Minister to Russia of the United States. And he wrote this on January 1st, 1810, reflecting back on the year that just passed and looking forward to the year that was to come for him. And I love the sentiment. I close the year with sentiments of gratitude to heaven for the blessings and preservations which my family and myself have experienced in its course. It has witnessed another great change in my condition, brought me to face new trials, dangers, and temptations, relieving me of many of those in which I was before involved. It has changed also the nature of my obligations and duties and required the exertion of other virtues and the suppression of other passions. From this new conflict, may the favor of heaven continue its assistance, to issue pure and victorious, as from the past. May it enable me better to discharge all my social duties, and to serve my country and my fellow men with zeal, fidelity, and effect. Imploring the blessing of God upon my family, present and absent, upon my wife and children, my parents, my kindred, friends, and country, I look with trembling hope 
at the mingled light and shade of futurity, and pass to a new year with a fervent prayer for firmness to perform as well as prudence to discern my duty, and for temper and fortitude to meet every possible variety of events. Those words by John Quincy Adams spoke especially to me. I've made some major life decisions, and going into 2022, it's going to be a whole new world for me, so I'm looking forward to the new challenges. But I'm telling you, I'll be needing all the strength and support from whatever powers there are to get me through the next few years, because it's a whole different world I've carved out for myself. But I have to say, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that world is going to be like. The other thing I wanted to share with you is from January 1st, 1823. The editors of an English-language newspaper in Paris, France, called Gagliani's Messenger, included this in an editorial, and I really wanted to share this as well. The departure of the old year and the dawning of the new one naturally offer an ample range for serious reflection. Another page in the book of experience has just closed upon us, but it is only from experience that we can acquire wisdom. And though it may sometimes prove a bitter draft, yet the philosopher, whether in public or in private life, will not fail to turn it to a profitable account. It affords a lesson of equal instruction to the prince and to the peasant. It points with monetary hand to evils encountered and to errors committed and acts as a friendly beacon to our future path and practice. The feelings associated with the commencement of another year are those of festivity and friendship, the renewal of brotherhood and affection, the reciprocal forgiveness of injuries, the union of pleasure with deeds of mercy and charity. In fine, it is a time of peace and goodwill to all mankind, and those sentiments cannot be too much cherished or too often promulgated. Well, that's going to do it for 2021. That's going to do it for Season 4, and that's going to do it for this year's episodes of the podcast. Now come words I thought I'd never say. We will be starting Season 5 of Storytime with GamerDude next week. Season 5. I am so looking forward to Season 5 of this podcast. I'm going to try some different things this year. I'm not sure exactly how we're going to fit them in or when we're going to fit them in, but we're going to definitely try some new things as well as the old stuff. I'm going to continue to share stories. I'm going to continue to philosophize, and I'm going to continue to hang out with you here on Storytime, and I appreciate the fact that you hang out here with me too. I can't thank you enough for the continued support that I've had for all of these years, and I can't thank you enough for taking the time to listen to all of the episodes. It means more to me than I can say that so many of you take the time to listen and comment, and I can't thank you enough. You guys are the best, and I really do appreciate all of the time that you spend here. I hope you have a wonderful new year. I hope 2022 is full of good things and happy times and that you can make it your best year ever. You guys are the best and I can't thank you enough. Until next time, or as the dad in me has to say, until next year, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.